That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV, get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, 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 no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no. You you defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of the Jabberknocker Podcast. Nestlemania is still out, so I had to scrounge around the world to find a guest. This guest was actually in Saudi Arabia for Super Showdown, and now he's on the podcast in your ears. Ray Ray of the JK, welcome back to the show, my friend. Hey, it's glad, glad to be here. Uh, to be honest, I think my body's actually still adjusting. For the last <laughs> two nights now, I've woken up at 3 a.m., uh, yesterday I was able to fly back asleep, but today I was not. So hopefully this overtiredness makes me a little loopy and uh, makes for a good show. All right. Well, we're, you know, we're going to hit on Super Showdown quickly first, but then we're going to get into Raw, SmackDown, and the finish. We'll hit on Elimination Chamber, which, if you guys didn't know, is actually this Sunday. So we'll have predictions. We'll also touch on AEW Revolution, which was on Saturday. But first, uh, we got to start off with the Goldberg in the room. The new Universal Champion at Super Showdown. I mean, you were on Twitter. You were very upset about this. Nestle and I were trying to talk you off the ledge here on this podcast, but uh, they did it. They pulled the trigger. Goldberg is the champ. The Fiend lost. You know, if I remember correctly, you guys actually told me that there was no way that this was going to happen. I said 1% 1 chance. First and foremost, (laughs) when I I absolutely lost it a few weeks ago talking when when they announced this match and we heard it was going to be Goldberg versus The Fiend for the Universal Championship, something just clicked in my head and I said, wait a second what if Goldberg wins this thing? And I remember I told you guys, I said, I, I don't know if, I don't know if I can continue. I might need to just, you know, straight up SpongeBob. I, I'm going to head out Captain after, Positivity after this one, because I just, I don't know if I can handle it. And I swear, I, I tell you, man, I, I woke up Friday morning and I was a broken man. And uh, when we had <laughs> talked to me about, you know, being on the podcast and everything else, I said, you know, I said, man, I'd love to do it, but I don't know if I can. Cause I don't know if I can watch this stuff anymore. Cause I just, man, the, ugh, just Goldberg. No, 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 no. The Fiend was on such a roll. He, he was doing just incredible things uh, ever since winning the Universal Championship against Seth Rollins and even before that. And to build that up to WrestleMania, my hope was more so for him to build it towards WrestleMania, maybe drop the title against Roman or somebody at Mania or do something. And Goldberg has to come along and, and fucking win. And, man, I just lost it. But thankfully enough, I feel like we had a really solid week of, uh, of wrestling between Raw and SmackDown that was able to kind of revitalize and, and re-energize me. So, Yeah, this is just – it's a tough one for me too because um, The Fiend, I thought this was going to give him that really big signature win and be like, he fucking beat Goldberg. Like he beat Goldberg. No. But they just – obviously people talk about it all the time. The Fiend doesn't need the championship. I hate that argument a lot of the time because it's like I think sometimes your top act needs to be the championship. Yeah. Um, Goldberg having it, like I understand the business of why this happened – but as like a fan who watches every week, this was a slap in the face. Yeah. Um, that's it's indefensible. It was disgusting. The match fucking was awful. Bray Wyatt got in no offense. 
Goldberg couldn't even pick him up for the jack. It was the worst jackhammer he might have ever done. Yeah, it was a glorified suplex from it what I could see. I didn't. I, I saw the. I just saw gifts and everything else. Uh, I had showed JC before the show my uh, my view of the of the event. So I technically have, even though I was there, I have not actually seen uh, Super Showdown. But it sounded like a great event. You had a everybody, great entrance cam, though. Everybody Your had entrance a good cam time. <laughs> so another stuff I want to hit in on this. A lot of it was missed, but. Uh, the Undertaker returned. I, yep. know, I know you love The Undertaker. He that wins happened. that dumbass trophy by yeah. beating AJ. Sets His up a entrance feud. lasted longer than the match from what, I was, yeah. from what I'm to understand, <laughs> which is you know probably a good thing at this point yes. when it comes to The Undertaker. So, uh, yeah, he, he showed up. He won, the, uh, he won a piece of the super aggro crag, I believe is what that was down there, just painted gold instead of green for mm-hmm. all my 90s Nickelodeon television fans. <laughs> um, yeah, it was... Yeah, it was a, that was another rough one, but that's what you get, you know, out there with the the Super Showdown out there in Saudi Arabia. That's usually what they do. They they kind of, for lack of a better word, they dig these guys up and they throw them out there for the for the fans, which is fine. They you know those fans out there they deserve to see you know all their favorites. You know WWE hasn't really hosted shows out there for a long time, so now that they're starting to get out there a little bit more, and then obviously the money that they're spending for those guys to be out there, it does make sense. So I'm not too upset about it but at the same time it is what it is yeah and i get it from for this type of match like whatever it's a stupid trophy that no one cares yeah. about the goldberg one is the egregious one yeah but... and if this is going to build towards so they're talking undertaker versus aj styles probably for wrestlemania if this is going to build towards that i don't hate it um it's nice to see aj styles in a huge in a, in a big more or less main event spot like that anybody that's going against the undertaker at wrestlemania that's that's a, that's a that's a main event spot that's a big spot and i trust AJ Styles to be able to find a way to put on a good match with a guy like The Undertaker, as, as, as difficult as that may be. And whether it turns into a one-on-one thing, or I've heard some people, I think, say online, I think it's more just hopes than actual rumors about maybe putting together some type of a six-man tag with AJ and the OC versus Taker and maybe no. Aleister Black and somebody else. Just like make it one-on-one, on one, make it short, and that'll Well, be the thing is, if you make it a six-man tag, though, then that's going to that, that's kind of limit what The Undertaker has to do. Think, think about it this way. Over it's the last couple bad. of years... The Drew McIntyre one, where wasn't there one with the yeah. six- yeah. You know what I, I mean? that, Think but... about it over the years. The, the best mm, moments that we've had, it. the best matches that we've had from The Undertaker have more, have more or less been tag team matches where he hasn't had to carry a full load and he hasn't had to go you know, a full 15 or 20 minutes or whatever. Well, so. let me put it this way for you. He never has to do that. You can make this match five minutes and it'll be fine. AJ Styles comes out, gets something, then Undertaker hits his fucking couple moves, match over. Like, it doesn't have to be a complete squash. Like, let AJ, maybe he goes for the forearm early or something, and Undertaker catches him in the choke slam, hits him. Like, just hit, the, hit their signatures and hit the road. Because all people want to see from the Undertaker now is the entrance, and they want to see the moves. They want to see the pin. And, like, AJ, like you said, he can take all that perfectly. It's not going to hurt AJ Styles to get squashed by the Undertaker. No, no. I, I lost, uh, I believe John Cena got squashed by the Undertaker WrestleMania. That sure did. Didn't do much to him. So. No. That's, I think, fine. Um, other stuff to mention on the show is uh, Miz and Morrison won the tag titles. Kofi Kingston took a ridiculous bump to the outside where he landed straight in his back. That, that was, was brutal. insane. I did see that clip yeah. online. Woo. And it's funny because I'm sitting there watching. You see him go up, and you're just you're, you're waiting. And then the Miz just walks away. And I'm like, wait a minute. What are you doing there, buddy? Great deal <laughs> shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it was funny because at first, I think the first time I saw that, actually, I thought to myself, oh, man, like as a guy. So I'm, I've always been a Miz guy. I've been a huge fan of the Miz for a long time. The first time I saw that clip, I thought to myself, oh, no, I'm going to catch shit from so many people about how terrible the Miz is and how he can't, he doesn't wrestle because, you know, he should have caught Kofi and everything else. Because at first, you're kind of wondering, like, shit, did he fuck that up? But then when I watched it a second and a third time, I said, ah, no, no, no. That was actually, that was By completely design. done on purpose. Yep. That was totally the way they were supposed to do it. And it worked out great. And it was, it was fucking amazing. And good Lord, man. I hope 
Kofi got plenty of ice packs that day because that, that looked rough. Yeah, it was. And uh, we'll have more on them later. The only other note I really have from Super Showdown is Bailey retained against Naomi. It was the first women's title match defended in Saudi Arabia, so it's a big deal. Bailey had a very creative finish where she actually wrapped Naomi's leg in the shirts they have to wear over there. So it was a nice device. It was a good heel tactic by Bailey, and it leaves us open for more in the future from these two. Absolutely. Uh, more women, I think, down there as, as often as we can to try and really promote that and get that going. I know I mentioned that last time I was already it's weird the last time i was on this podcast i was coming i had just come home from a trip from saudi arabia i don't yep. know why this is all of a sudden a thing but apparently this is what this is <laughs> hey, what we're doing now gotta book your fresh you know? out saudi arabia you know? <laughs> exactly yeah yeah get me while i'm in the jet lag and i'm half asleep um <laughs> but yeah and i said that the last time and i think that at that point there hadn't been a women's match yes. yet and i said they i said the crowd is definitely ready for it and then we had Lacey and, um, and Natalia, which was great. And then this, obviously, having Bailey and Naomi, I think, was also just a, a wonderful way to, to get the woman out there. Um, Lana was also there for a hot minute. She walked out walked in, and walked back. So it's, just, it's good to see that. It's good to see, hopefully, things progressing from that end, uh, especially down in, in, in that type of a country. Because, like I said, there are a lot of kids. I think my dad even was the one that pointed it out because he said he was watching the show. And he, he specifically noticed the amount of kids that were in the audience. Mm-hmm. So to be able to put on something like that for those kids to be able to see, to see the women wrestling, um, is just, I think it hopefully it gives them, it gives them some hope. It gives them something to look forward to in the future. Absolutely agree with that. And you know, on that note, we're going to actually transition to the shine and talk about Raw and SmackDown. And you know what? I was at SmackDown Boston. It was a fun show, especially the, uh, the ending there. Um, and I was planning on starting there, but then Monday Night Raw happened. And Monday Night <laughs> Raw was one of the better Raws, if not the best Raw of 2020. I just said that like double, but you get the point. And, but we're going to start with the main event because, once again, I come on this program every week and I put over Randy Orton. And it's just like I can't stop. Like that was masterclass. A plus work, like Beth Phoenix too coming out, like the emotion on the face, the back and forth. Randy Orton's promo, it told you everything you need to know. We finally got the reasoning. He's saying, I did it for Edge, I did it for your kids, I did it for you. And then he's saying that I love your kids more than you to Beth Phoenix's face. And oh my God, she was superb in this segment as well. Then she gets a slap, he looks at her. And then she gave him a nice little uh, uh, dick kick after he called her a bitch off microphone. And uh, flawless RKO to end the segment. Absolutely that, flawless. That was incredible. So I watched that this morning at about, at about 4 o'clock in the morning. And I would have thought that at that point I was going to start to get tired and fall asleep again. Because I started falling asleep during Raw. Not because Raw was a bad show. I thought Raw was fantastic. Just because I was exhausted. And I'm, again, my body's still kind of readjusting. So I'm sitting there and it's like 4, 4.30 in the morning. And... You know, and, and Beth is coming out, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, wow, so this is this is the closeout of the show. And uh, I initially thought, since they were closing out the show with this segment, that maybe they were going to pull the old bait-and-switch, and instead of Orton hitting Beth with the RKO, that this was going to be the night that Edge, Edge was going to return. Yep, I thought about and, that, too. Um, and I was kind of waiting for that. And so when Orton came out, and they started talking, and then when he started getting the explanation, this has got to be one of the best payoffs to a long-term kind of mystery or a long-term thing that we've had in in, in a a long time in regards to Orton. He's been kind of teasing and he hasn't, and people have been asking him, I think KO asked him last week. And then before that, they think it was like, I think it was a truth or somebody. And everybody's kind of, you know, Hey, why did you do this? Why did you do this? Why did you do this? And he just, and he just kept, you know, not answering and pushing it off. And, you know, it, it, it got to a certain point where you almost had to be worried thinking, man, I don't know if there's anything that they can say and do that can pull this off because let's be honest, like we've been disappointed in the past. You've oh, hurt really? me, you, you you hurt me before WWE. So, 
But man, when he started getting into the story and the and the whole oh. background of him and Edge and and the first time that they met and when he was with his father and everything else, he just he expressed this emotion and he he got into it so so well. I was I was hooked. I was drawn in. I was on the edge of my seat, like yep. just listening to this story and listening. So I said, "Okay, so you know." And he just he he built this whole thing and he told this whole story. And then when it came to that big crescendo of so the reason why I did it is not because I hated him, but because I love him. It was just like holy shit, that's yep. good. Like I just got goosebumps thinking yep. about it, you know. And then yeah, just like you said, for him to sit there and tell Beth, I care about you and your kids. And more, mentioning you know, the yeah. kids' names over and over oh, again is yeah. such an effective device because you feel it. It makes you like so uncomfortable. It's Absolutely. like this guy who just maimed their father yep. is talking about how he loves their kids. And then he just looks her straight in the eye and says, I love them more than you. It's your fault that I had like, oh my God. And you can just see it on her face. She is just like breaking. Yeah. Like it's just like it's getting to her. And then you get the anger with the slap. And him just like the perfect the perfect execution because they waited long enough before he just goes, bitch. And then boom, dick kick. Perfect RKO. It wasn't even like a hesitation. Yeah. And like best selling it was so perfect. Like this just Oh my God. And I honestly I thought, and I think some people, I saw some people online, not necessarily criticizing it, but kind of like questioning it. I honestly liked the way that, the way that they kind of shot around it too. They spent a lot of time on, you know, focused on the crowd yes, and not on her being down. And I think that that kind of helped to, to, to show and portray that what he did was so bad. We don't even want to show it. Yep. When they cut to the announcers, I thought the announcers did a fantastic job selling it. it I thought, felt real. you know, I yeah. mean, Byron looked like he wanted to go fight, you know, like he yep. was, he was so mad, you know, um, it was just absolutely incredible. Like I said, the whole thing was so well done. And they just, they kind of hung on a, on a wide crowd shot for a while, which is, if you think about it, that's what they do in a lot of other sports and things like when a guy gets injured, they don't yep. want to show the injury. So they just kind of hang on a wide crowd yep. shot or something like, you know, something to that effect. So to do that in this instance, I thought was such a great job of, of portraying and showing you like what he just did was so bad and so wrong. We don't even want to show you the result and we don't even want to show you what's going on. It wasn't until other people started coming down. It wasn't until she started kind of waking back up again was when they went back to the ring and they mm-hmm. went back to showing her and, and starting to kind of retell that story, which I thought was just absolutely incredible just from a production standpoint. Yeah, and it's just this is just another layer that you can add to the – we had a video package actually that a lot of the times I fast-forward those. I didn't fast-forward this one because this feud has just been so good. Like it's just the storytelling in this feud is probably the best that they've had in a long time, and there are actually people now clamoring for this to be the main event. I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't disagree that it's probably the thing we might be looking the most forward to. And it might be the most effective thing to put on last, so maybe they do do that. But I'm kind of old school with like the main event should be like what you think is the top title feud, whatever, blah blah blah. Yeah, I'm curious your thoughts on that. No, I agree. I don't think it should necess- I don't think it should main event uh, WrestleMania. I don't think it needs to be the last match that goes on. This as as great as the storytelling as it has been, and as and as, as an amazing job as Randy has done. Essentially, this is the other thing I think about. Other than the Rumble. Randy's been carrying this thing on his own by himself. That's why he's completely on his own. He's the goat man, you know? So I I do agree. Yeah. It's a fantastic feud and it's great that what it's great what they're doing, but no, it's not, I I don't think it's to the point where I would put it on last. I still think you have to go with either, um, you know, your drew Lesnar, you know, drew Drew Lesnar should be God forbid. It's probably going to be Goldberg reigns. Yeah. But if you can't end the show with Goldberg reigns like that to me screams like third to last something in the middle and you end with drew Brock, you end WrestleMania with the, the top baby you're going let's actually go there next because i thought the kickoff to raw 
was absolutely fantastic too. Oh my god! Finally, we are a full gear ahead to this feud. We have moved past the Ricochet squash, which happened at Super Showdown, and we are on to Brock Drew. We are getting Heyman cutting a promo on Drew, saying it was a fluke and never would have happened if it wasn't for the low blow from Ricochet, just completely tearing him down. Drew comes out, and this is my favorite part of this. Drew comes out, doesn't even fucking say a word. Claymore. Yeah. Because for weeks we've heard Drew just talking. And Drew, like, he's gotten a lot better on the promo. But to me, it makes him, it just brings him down a little because he's such an ass kicker. This week was all about ass kicking. And he kicked the shit out of Brock Lesnar. And you know what else? Brock Lesnar, fucking all star. When this guy buys into selling, he's one of the best. Oh, absolutely. And, and on the ramp, when they got to that portion, he fucking showed it. Like, and there was a little thing someone caught online later was. After the second Claymore on the ramp, you see Brock tell him, pick up the fucking title because he knows to (laughs) tell a story for those video packages, for the moment, for the thumbnail that's going to be describing Raw. It's Drew holding up that fucking championship, and that's what people want. Flawless execution. Oh, yeah. That entire segment I thought was great. Originally, I I had flirted with the idea of fast-forwarding through the Paul Heyman promo just because I feel like they're kind of the same thing every single time. But I said to myself, no, I said, you know what? I'm going to be on the podcast. I want to try and make sure that I watch everything so that I got a good idea of everything that was going on. And, man, Heyman, I think, really nailed it in in regards to building up Drew but at the same time not making him you know, not, not overselling him, so to speak by saying, you know, yeah, you know what you, you, you did, you got one over on my guy, but there was other things involved in there. And the fact of the matter is, is when you stand toe to toe with my guy, you're not going to, you're not going to last and you're not, you don't, you know, you're not going to stand a chance. McIntyre came out. The biggest thing that I got out of that, the crowd is so behind Drew McIntyre. Is. He is so over. He is every, yep. and it's, and it wasn't even just cause it was a New York crowd, man. I'm telling you that guy just, even when he was in Boston, I remember him getting tons of cheers everywhere he goes he is definitely he's he is so over and people are loving what he is doing and yeah again hitting all those claymores on lesnar and again just like you said lesnar i feel like is definitely in on this and he is just he is ready to go i mean he sold the first claymore that he took he sold that thing for like 10 minutes it felt like he was rolling around he was just i mean he was a mess for what seemed like forever and i'm thinking Mm -hmm. to myself man like he's really He's really he's he's really bought into this thing, which I thought was just great. Yeah, that whole opening segment was just fantastic, and then again at the end for Drew to be at the top of the ramp and grabbing the belt and kind of sh- and 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 just sticking to Lesnar and it, you know telling him like you know I'm I'm here and I'm for real and you should start thinking twice about what's going to happen between yep. me and you at WrestleMania. It's going to be great. And the beauty of this feud is yes, Drew got in the first shot. But we know Brock whenever he comes back, maybe not next week, maybe in two weeks, whenever he's back on Raw that he's going to get his revenge. And that segment is also going to be amazing because Brock is going to beat the fuck out of him. And then we're going to be heading to WrestleMania with these two ass kickers. And that's why I mean, this is the main event because this is your heavyweight fight. This is what people are paying to come to see. They're coming to see the attraction of Brock Lesnar to see if Drew McIntyre, the guy they beloved, can finally get over the hump and take him down. That's to me is that's main event. I agree. I agree. I'm just historically speaking. Uh, no, we're not going. No, Roman. No, I'm just saying, yeah. Roman has always been the guy. So, you know, it's even when he it wasn't, be... even when he wasn't in a title match, and it was Roman versus the yeah. Undertaker. Well, that was the main event. Stupid Undertaker was in it. But... Well, now stupid Goldberg's in it. So, what are you going to do? Yeah. Well, we have another exciting feud for WrestleMania, and that actually was on SmackDown. It was the main event of SmackDown. Like I said, I was there live, and all night just talking to everyone. We just we were all waiting for John Cena. We wanted to see John Cena. We wanted to see John Cena. He comes out. And his promo, like, whatever. It was kind of stupid where he's like, I'm not fighting this year, blah, blah, blah. But you know what he was going for. He was pretty much setting it up, like, knew all along is like, The Fiend's coming out. Because he was setting it up, like, who's the guy that just got screwed by the old guy? It was The Fiend. 
So it's like, you know what? Super Cena's going to come back. You know what he's going to do at WrestleMania? He's going to fucking put this guy over. Because John Cena doesn't give a fuck about W's anymore. He's there to literally, hopefully, put in an entertaining match with The Fiend, put in a fantastic show, and elevate this guy and give him a big win. And I think that's what's going to happen. But this just, it was weird that The Fiend didn't actually attack him. We just had the WrestleMania point. I thought it was something different. So I didn't uh, hate it that much. But I am all in on this feud. I'm really excited for it. I completely agree. I will say, obviously, coming off of the heels of Super Showdown for The Fiend to lose the title and everything else, um, you know, I was, again, I was worried. I didn't know. I said, well, you know, where do we go from here with The Fiend and, you know, what's he going to do? Um, and not necessarily, not, not, not only what is he going to do, but is it going to matter? You know, the biggest concern when, you know, if a guy like that, you know, he loses the title, and especially with him being on the role that he was on as far as just completely just, unbeatable. destroying guys. Yeah, yeah. totally unbeatable. So what's he going to do next, and is it going to matter? And I think for him to be in a match with John Cena at WrestleMania, that's going to matter. It's the same idea as uh, you know, as I said before, especially with the Undertaker and things like that. You put yourself in, a, you're in a match with John Cena. You're you're basically in a main event of exactly. some kind or another. Yes. You know, it may not be the last match of the night, but it's a big match. It's a match that people are going to be wanting to see, especially because Cena's been away for so long. Cena hasn't had a match at WrestleMania since, I think, the tag match with him and Nikki against Miz and Maurice, I believe. When was, was that after the Undertaker match? No, I think I thought that was before. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't keep it straight. But I, yeah, no, he I don't know either. I think he wasn't the, there. He didn't match last year. I think year. the last two years, like yeah. I think last year, was the stuff with Elias. Yep. I thought the year before was the stuff with Taker, and then the year before that was the tag. But I, I think so. I, I think might be correct. getting them mixed yes. up. I don't know. So it's been a few years since yeah. he has actually had a legitimate match at WrestleMania. Yep. Um, so even before that, I mean, again, it was a mixed tag match with him and, with him and Nikki versus Miz and Maurice. So this is his first one-on-one match in, in quite a while. And he's literally going up against one of, if not the hottest thing in wrestling right now. Mm-hmm. So for him to be able to kind of step into that kind of spot, I think is going to be huge. And I think Bray Wyatt is totally going to be able to handle it. No problem. I can't wait to see um, what this feud brings in regards to just the the promos and the and just how they're going to build it. It's just... I, I'm definitely I'm I'm very excited. It makes me a little less upset that the Fiend lost at Super Showdown. I do. There's a part of me that wishes that this had the title involved. This could have been cool because it would have been Cena chasing it. Exactly. And I still don't think Cena would have win. But exactly. As um, good as this match is on paper, I think it would have been just that. I think this was the type of match that would have more so needed a title to make it important. I don't necessarily think if you wanted to have Roman Reigns versus Goldberg at WrestleMania, I don't necessarily think that match needs the title. It didn't, but I think Vince was just married to the fact that he was putting the title on Roman at WrestleMania no matter what, which I'm fine with. Yeah. And he just clearly thinks that it would be more effective against Goldberg because we know if he goes against the Fiend, he's not going to get cheered. Right. Against Goldberg, like, it'll be mixed, but, like, I think more people, like, the, even the Smarks would want Roman. But yeah. here, let me put it to you this way, because this is what I was thinking of. And this is probably what WWE is doing, is because sometimes you blow all your loads at WrestleMania and you have nothing left for after. So pretty much what's going to happen is The Fiend's going to beat Cena. Roman Reigns is going to beat Goldberg, become the new Universal Championship. Fiend never had his rematch. Your feud going into the summer, probably throughout the summer, is Roman Reigns and The Fiend, which hasn't happened yet. They're saving that for Postmania, two workhorse guys that are here all year round. And they're letting them take down the attractions at Mania to then put them together. And maybe they just like The Fiend chasing there. Who knows? Maybe he wins it quick and then Roman's chasing into SummerSlam. So... I will say that is the one trickle of light I'm looking at this is that I think we're heading that direction. Yeah. I think it's just they wanted to pause it here, not do that feud at WrestleMania because they feel like it has more legs to be a four-month feud as opposed to a one-month feud. Do I love it? No, but it at least 
to me, if they go that way, which I think they will, I think it makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah, no, if that's what they do, then then I could I could definitely get on board with that. Roman Fiend throughout the summer, I think would definitely be a would be a good feud. So, but we'll see what happens. I, I don't know. I've we been don't... hurt. I've been hurt before. We're gonna jump off SmackDown and jump back to Run on Raw because we had new tag team champions. Dun 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 dun. dun. I bring the swag like nobody can. Don't mean to brag. What about it? Yeah. Woo! Get the red solo cups out. It's time to party, everybody. The Street Profits are your Raw tag team champions, and honestly, I could not be more excited. I loved it. These guys are an electric factory. They were like promoing this as it was like their last chance at it or whatever. That was kind of weird. But yeah. at the same time, I, I, right when I saw that, I thought to myself, man, they got to win. They're going to win. And then I saw you know? it in Brooklyn. And then you see the entrance of all the red solo cops. Yes. And like, they're winning tonight. And oh, it was amazing. It made sense because um, as we saw in the match, the reason why they won was partially because of KO finally getting his uh, comeuppance on Seth. So it appears that we are headed towards a one-on-one match, most likely between Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, which I think is exciting. But for that to happen, one of the things that also had needed to happen before then was Seth to lose the tag team gold, and he did. Now it is on an actual tag team on Raw, which is exciting. Can't be happier. And here's the thing. You have contenders. You have the AOP, first of all, in that stable. That's an easy way to go. But you also have the OC, who continue to win matches, and then the Viking Raiders, who are just, like, a good tag team. Yeah. So there's four teams right there. You know, you know, I like fatal four-way ladder matches. So uh, <laughs> why not bonus hope? Throw those four together. It could work. But I think this made sense for both parties yeah. because you were getting the rematch at Elimination Chamber or whatever. We know it's just whatever. The, the four of them put on good matches together. That's what it's there for. But after that, they'll go their separate ways. But, yeah, I thought this was uh, good timing. I will say originally I was worried. I, you know, you, when you have a match between these four guys, literally – you know, four days prior to that, a super showdown. And then they're going to rerun it on Monday night raw. I was a little worried. Cause I thought we were going to be coming in here complaining about reruns, but to be honest, I mean, these guys are putting on a great match yes. regardless. They've had multiple, they, and this isn't, this weren't, this wasn't like the first and second time that these guys have ever, have, have ever wrestled. A few times, They've yes. fought a few times and every time they do, I feel like it's always been a good match. Yes. So this is one of those situations. I think this is one of those, what do they call it? The exception to the rule that proves the rule in regards to this whole, the whole rerun stuff. And that is the fact, like these are two teams. I feel like I could watch go at it multiple times and not really be mad about it because they're entered because the street profits are just entertaining as fuck electric seth is become i think one of the best heels right now in the business i'm actually I, i'm really enjoying what he's doing i do agree that there are times it's that better it's a little than overexposed. it was for sure and i think the reason why it also worked this, this to you know this this past raw was because it wasn't like an overexposure thing he wasn't on yes. the show the whole time they came out they had their match then he did the promo you know backstage afterwards and that was it that was it and then we were done with seth the rest of the night uh, so yeah, realistically, I mean, I'm loving everything that Seth's doing and I'm going to fucking call him Buddy Murphy cause that's his goddamn name. His name is Buddy Murphy. <laughs> Buddy Murphy. Everybody knows how great he's been. Yes. So I have no problem. You want to put these four guys in the ring together every single Monday night from now till the end Don't of the year. Don't do that. No, Whatever. No, no. Don't I'm going to, no, I'm going to enjoy it. See, see, that's, that's <laughs> the problem is with the reruns is that spread them out a little bit. True. I think that's the thing. And that's why this Sunday, it's not great. It's happening at Elimination Chamber. Yeah. It's a throwaway. But again, it's just a good wrestling match. The people in the crowd will enjoy it. But I do like the timing on them doing this because we're in WrestleMania season now. Stuff like this should be happening like on Raw. And this wasn't even like, think about all the things we've already talked about on Raw. The beginning, the end of the show. This was something in the middle, but it was great. Um, I do want to jump back over to SmackDown. I'm kind of bobbing and weaving on yeah, here. Yeah, what's because, going on here? Uh, I'm trying to keep up. The, the Braun Strowman contract signing with Shinsuke Nakamura, I thought this was incredibly entertaining because it was just 
Sammy was finally showing you what Sammy does, and that is the guile that he has, and he can give it up for you. Sammy Zayn just yeah. one time. Seriously, I feel like this guy is actually super underrated. Yes, I don't think anybody really gives him their say. And the fact that he hasn't, and I don't know, I'm hoping that it's not like an injury thing. I'm hoping that he's just doing it because. For whatever reason, there's never really been a need to. But the fact that he hasn't actually wrestled in I don't even know how long, it's been and a yet while. he has still maintained relevancy. I feel like this entire time, and he's the perfect matchup, especially for a guy like Shinsuke, who obviously everybody knows. Um, you know, he's he struggles sometimes with his promos because of the language barrier and everything else. So to pair him up with a guy like Sammy, Sammy is one of the best heels ever. I, I just he, his promos are top notch. It's insane yeah. because he tells you he he does the thing as a heel where he tells you the he tells you the truth that you don't want to hear and then you hate him for it and it's fucking it's fantastic um so for him to come out and again like he talks it all down and then he sits there and he, he throws stroman's words back in his face like oh wait 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 what'd you just say you said you could beat all three of us well because if that's what you want to do then that's what we're going to do and we're going to go ahead and put this little amendment in the contract and i'm thinking to myself legally speaking i don't know if you can technically do that <laughs> but i ain't a lawyer so what do i know um yeah it was just it was a great segment and then you know you would think you know, maybe Strowman was going to get one over on him. The fact that they kind of beat the shit out yeah, of him, no, I, I, I really it liked it. I think and it was great. The one thing I do want to say about Sammy is when you look back at Sammy and Braun's history, they've actually they've come together multiple times. And every single time, it's been A+. Because Braun is that, like, little kid superhero, giant guy that they want to, like, roar! Like, it's so cool. Sammy Zayn is that annoying bad guy that kids hate. And yeah. he's so good on the promo. He's the perfect foil for Braun. Yeah. So it's just, like, a Braun-Nakamura feud would be nothing. But having Sami Zayn there and then Cesaro just kind of has background noise, like, it has been so effective. I think the last couple weeks has been really good. And I think this one-on-three match is going to be a lot of fun, and it's really going to be a Braun showcase. Cesaro and his cowbell have been a lot more than just background noise, sir. Okay, (laughs) that was... Absolutely amazing. I know you guys touched on it a few weeks ago, but yeah, the fact that he threw it away and then I think he brought it back the following week. Cesaro is great in everything that he does. Yes. So he, he, he literally just stands in the ring and does nothing. I think Brown and Cesaro are going to be the best part of the match on Sunday. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're, absolutely. they're feats of strength. Like, I'm curious to see how much Sami Zayn wrestles. I'm hoping that he actually gets a lot of good because he's good. Sami Zayn's taking the pin. He's so, yeah, but he's, yeah. Uh, I'm hoping he does like more than just take the pin. I'm hoping that and he actually Brown gets had a great match like, that's what I mean. years ago. He's so good. He's, he's so good in the ring. The fact that they haven't had him wrestle, I feel like, is kind of doing him a bit of a disservice. But at the same time, I mean, if there's a reason for it, then there's a reason for it. I don't know. I don't know if he's been injured. I have no idea. Uh, but so I'm hoping that this is kind of a way to get him back in the ring and to get him back to actually wrestling again. Because if they can do that, then man, I think the sky's the limit for him. I was hoping way back in the day that it was going to be a good world title feud between him and Kevin Owens, but obviously that never happened. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know if that's ever a world title thing because that worked in NXT. But as we've seen with some of those guys, like Vince just doesn't see them there. Um, Kevin Owens he sees there, but I don't. I just I think that would always be a mid card feud. Um, unfortunately, on the main roster. Whether I agree with it or not, I think that's just the way it is. But uh, I do want to transition to the tag match on SmackDown. It was probably the best TV match on SmackDown this week. Usos versus Miz and Morrison. Hey, hey. Ho, ho. Miz and Morrison. <laughs> hey, hey. You would ho, like ho. that. I love that. That's it's fantastic. so bad. Hey, I just told you, I'm a Miz guy, okay? Yeah, I so. am too, and it works. It 100% oh works. Oh, my God. It's 100% so great. Works. It's so great. Yeah. And I obviously, we know that this... This is all about the Usos. The Usos are on fire right now, as they usually always are, as babyfaces. And I don't love them just pinning the brand new champions, but I get it. Where the Elimination Chamber match they booked is completely random, but you know it's going to be super hot fire and probably the best part of the show on Sunday. Yeah, no, I agree. Absolutely. I think there's so many... 
so many good elements in that match with the exception of a uh, lack of the revival for some reason, yeah, which well, I wish hey, somebody could explain that to me. Contract negotiations, legitimately. Contract negotiations. Yeah, that's what it is. It's all it is. You know, I'm sick of these goddamn Where they politics. stay or where they go, it's, it's Didn't business, we just maybe. go through this like six months ago with them, I feel like? Kind of. So what did they sign, like a six-month deal six well, so months ago? Well, so WWE has been trying to sign people like a year or two before their contracts expire. So that's why it seems like it. Uh, but I think one of theirs expires in March. The other one is not until like How do you June. know more about this than I do? I work for the company. It doesn't make sense. I can rumble. Well, anyways, I'm still <laughs> mad about it. I don't under, it, it bothers me that yeah, the Revival well, are not in this match. Instead, we got that, you get the Lucha House Party. I, I mean, hey, they're going to be fun because they're going to run around and do their Lucha gonna stuff all over the place. spider off the cage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm sure whatever they do is going to be entertaining. But, man, I, I miss the Revival. I want them back. I want them in this match. But other than that, yeah, I think it's going to be a great match, obviously. You're going to have the Usos flying around. You're going to have Lucha House Party flying around. John Morrison's going to parkour all over that thing. <laughs> so it's just, <laughs> I think it's going to be a great match. No, I completely agree. Um and Miz and Morrison, I'm glad to see him back together. You know, yeah, it's funny. I, I'm enjoying it. It's funny. I was reading. Uh, so this morning, uh, after I got done watching Raw, and I was just kind of going over my notes. I actually there was a couple of things I wasn't sure if I remember correctly from SmackDown. So I went back and I I just read. I was reading like somebody's recap or whatever it was, and they were like, "Oh yeah, and Miz tried to do like this stupid chant thing, and like none of the crowd did it with him." And he like the way that he wrote it, he was just like, "Yeah, like basically saying like Miz failed in getting the crowd to no, like." That was the and point. I'm like, dude, do you not realize that's the point? <laughs> Because I'm pretty sure the Miz first, like, his, the, the beginning of his promo was all, you know, kind of like shitting on the crowd and talking about how great he is. And apparently with no real, uh, we didn't see this one coming, but apparently the Miz is now uh, a heel again, which is fine because that's where he does his best work. And then, yeah, he busts out the hey, hey, ho, ho, Miz and Morrison, which first of all, I mean, it doesn't rhyme really um and the beats a little bit off i think that's why it works you know? it's like it shouldn't it, it's it's exactly and what yeah, it should be yeah it's fantastic it's exactly what it should be it's annoying it's stupid people hate it that's exactly what it's supposed to be yeah no, literally exactly right. what it's supposed to be and the reason why it works so well is because they're feuding with the new day and the usos two of the best like teams that have chance so it just it works perfectly yeah perfectly perfectly no, together. I completely agree. but uh we have to get to a gimmick now always in the shine mandy rose wasn't really part of the show much this week but tucker had to give Otis a pep talk to tell him to let Mandy go. Do you think that Otis is capable of letting Mandy go and let her run off in the sunset with Dolph Ziggler? Well, let me ask you this. If you were in that situation, do you think you would be capable of letting Mandy go? Hey, hey. No, no. <laughs> Absolutely no. <laughs> well, then there you go. I think then I think that's the answer to your question. No, I feel like Otis is pretty heavily smitten here. I don't think he, I don't think anything's changing on that. You the heart wants what the heart wants. It's true. Selena said that. You She's know, very intelligent. You can't you can't you, you can't deny that stuff. So. so what do you think his next move is? Because she seems very interested in Dolph Ziggler, which I can't blame her. He's a handsome man. Oh, he's yeah. a show off. He's fantastic. I mean, he is. He's 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 sexy as hell. He's obviously smart because he's always on like Fox News or some shit. <laughs> he's got a great sense of humor because he does stand up comedy. He really is kind of the perfect package. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't blame her at all. As far as what's next for these two. I don't know, man. It's tough to say. Uh, I. I don't know, maybe next... I, th I feel like I thought... I got the impression that maybe next week Tucker was going to try and set Otis up on, like, maybe some dates or try and get him or, like, introduce him to some, to some other Oh, they should definitely some do other a ladies. speed dating. Yeah, segment. I think yeah. that would be great. I kind of got that impression from him when he was talking about, like, letting her go. And it's I could have sworn I heard him say or I remember him saying something to the extent of, you know, like, oh, next week, like, I'm going to, you know, help you, like, get back on the... This is how you do the segment. You do a speed dating with Otis, and it's all, like, perfect 10, smoking hot girls... And he just doesn't like any of them because they're not Mandy. And it's just like, oh, it'd be perfect. Book it. Do it now. <laughs> you listening, Pritchard? <laughs> yeah, oh, Otis speed dating. Do it. Such good shit. 
Well, I know Nestle would be mad at us because we're 35 minutes into the show almost, and uh, we're not in the heat. So we're going to go to the heat. There's if not a... that much yeah, heat. Yeah, there's plenty of heat. There is <laughs> No, see, this is what I'm talking Dun-na. about. No, I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, Goldberg. Oh, obviously. <laughs> we gave him some good heat on SmackDown, don't you think? I guess so. I mean, the Goldberg stuff. He did nothing. It's he... not about what, who was before. Well... It's about... Who's next? That's what Goldberg <laughs> does best is nothing. He comes out, he says his two words, and then that's it. I mean, in my opinion, honestly, I didn't, I didn't think that this segment sucked as much as oh, this I feel segment like. Sucked. I feel like it was people horrible. Led, you out, led you to believe. The Goldberg stuff was stupid. Roman coming out. I mean, it, I'm next. It was quick. It just it got it out yeah, of the way, and we were able to move on. Here's here's something that I kind of thought, I was thinking though when I was watching it, and, and just seeing the amount of booze being rained down on Goldberg. It honestly, it reminded me of when Batista came back. Yep, it's 100%. And he it's won the Rumble similar. and just got the shit boot out yeah. of him. Except for, I think people, like, there are enough people that like Goldberg just because, like, the kids and stuff, whereas, like, Batista, it was all hate. Goldberg, I think there's still a little mix. I think it's mostly hate, but I don't think it's quite on the Batista level, but it's similar. It's definitely close, because, I mean, and maybe it was a maybe it was just the Boston crowd, because who knows. But... No, he's going to get booed continuously. Oh, yeah, no. I That's why agree. Vince is frothing at the mouth right now. I did feel kind of bad, because obviously, because I think Rome, it sounded like Roman caught some boos, but not as many. So People I mean, were just booing the segment. They don't want right. this. People don't want this. Well, because I didn't get, like I said, I didn't watch it live. I had to watch it afterwards. And so I was able to read some stuff on Twitter and people talking about how both guys were getting booed and it was just like the whole thing and everything else. And I thought to myself, man, you know, you kind of feel for Roman in that, in that situation because he's obviously just doing what he's, what he's told. And he's, you know, he, he is, he is good. He's, he's, he's really great at what he he's does. He's one of the best in the company. It's not close. And he deserves the spot that they're putting him in. But for some reason, it just like doesn't seem to ever work out you know like and he just so then he just ends up catching shit i think that was kind of the hope that you know put him with goldberg and then people are going to cheer him versus you know as opposed to goldberg and they didn't want to put him with the fiend because i think the fiend was obviously you know just seems way too hot so that's why this can't go on last because if it does people will just be booing the entire thing this will go like third to last it'll hopefully be quick it'll be fucking stick stick spear spear well, if it's out anything, of a jackhammer. If it's anything like the Goldberg Lesnar, because I think everybody agreed the Goldberg Lesnar WrestleMania perfect. match was, perfect. was fucking perfect. Perfect. It was absolutely perfect. It was yeah. it was power moves only. Yep. Spears through walls, just absolutely. That's what this is going to be. Complete chaos. Yep. And that's fine. And if that's what it is, then that's fine. And it shouldn't. It's like seven minutes tops. You know, like perfectly fine. But ah, I don't know. Yeah, it's not going to be great. But like I said, I don't know. I when I when I when I hit play on SmackDown to watch that segment. After hearing and reading all the hate that that, and maybe that's what it was. Maybe just my expectations had been brought down so low that after the time, by the time that segment was over, I was just like, eh, it wasn't that bad as everybody thought it was going to be. It was a waste of time. I can tell you the crowd, we wanted more from it. We wanted more. Yeah. And there was not more. Um, Speaking of wanted more, I actually got a text from Nestlemania this morning. Oh boy. um, That I can read to you. So you know uh, that he is doing well. Okay. That's good. This is the exact quote. I feel like he's, he's probably actually getting less sleep than I am, which is surprising. Words can't describe how upset I am about the spider in the box. Oh my so, God. Ray Ray, here we are. For months, I have said Eric Rowan is my favorite part of Raw, and he was. Mm. And it's just kind of, he slowly dwindled. He got black masked a couple times, and um, the, the cage was still it's so interesting. And this week, no way Jose and his uh, party is backstage, and like, hey, can we see it? And Eric Rowan's just like, yeah, no one asked me. I'll show you. I was like, oh, God, what's it going to be? And he pulls out this furry mechanical spider could it have been worse yes mm. but 
for the love of God, defend this because I can't. <laughs> I have to defend this. I mean, you don't have to. Oh, because I'm the you're Mister Positive. I'm the shine guy. Okay, then don't bury it. I mean, the best I want to feel the heat. The best thing I can do to defend it is I say at least that at least it's over. I mean, <laughs> here's here's my opinion on that whole situation. Here's something that a lot of people might know about me. I don't think you do though, because we haven't known each other that long. I have what you would refer to as arachnophobia. I don't like Ooh. spiders. Not a fan of them. Okay, I don't. I don't like them a lot. Depending on the size and the type of spider, there's a good chance that I will run out the door. This screaming. is a big one. Okay. When he pulled that thing out of the cage, I I was not scared. I laughed. <laughs> I thought it was the dumbest thing I'd ever seen in my life. I, was, I literally looked at it and I said, nah, nope, not going to do it. So if the goal was to have it be this kind of creepy spider, as, a, as an arachnophobic person, it did not resonate with me whatsoever. I immediately knew it was fake. I was not concerned whatsoever. So, I, man, I don't know. That's Remember when I said I've been hurt before? Well, I was hurt again because yeah. they spent so much time building up this whole what's in the box and then – you know, they pull this out. I feel like it was just one of those situations. I think they even realized they were, they even knew they like, whatever we do, it's not going to work. We've, They're not giving yes. him a live animal. We've built this up way yeah. too much. We, there's not much that we can put in this thing. That's going to make any sense to anybody. So fuck it. It's a giant spider. So here's my positive spin on it. I don't regret the journey. Cause like I said, this cut me through a lot of weeks of raw. We talk about three fun. hours. You need entertaining segments. Yeah. This is something that entertained me. It was the fun. payoffs suck. No, but that's not, I talk about this all the time. It's about the build a lot of the times. Because, like, sometimes when you get to the match or you get to the payoff, it, it's not as good. But, like, get me there. Take right. me through the journey because I am someone who's watching every week. So get me through the four to six to eight to nine to ten to twelve weeks there. Yep. And that's good enough for me. No, I hear you. What but it, it doesn't mean I'm not disappointed as shit. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's just that was – I didn't think he was really going to do it, too, because I was like, well, it's just some bullshit backstage segment. So he's like, oh, I'm going to show you what's in my cage. And you know, Noah Jose's like, all excited. But I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, they're going to swerve something here. There's yeah. no way. And then he reaches in, and I'm like, okay, what are they going to do? And then he pulls out this, the, this whatever the fuck it was, this mechanical spider. And I just – I said, really? That's, that's what we're doing now? Mm-hmm. So – and yeah. I, I was – I mean, glad for Jose and his guys. They sold the shit out of it. They ran away screaming, and I'm just sitting in my couch laughing because I'm like, that's really that's what we're doing? But yep. I guess that's what we're doing. Um, next up, I do want to bring this up. And I will say, in terms of this actual match and like what it did, I don't hate it, but it's inherently heat till I see what they're doing with this guy. Ricochet lost clean in a 24-7 championship match to Riddick Moss. Yeah, so we're burying Ricochet now, I yeah, guess. Yeah, coming off a... Uh, WWE Championship opportunity against Brock Lesnar last week at Super Showdown, which he lost, which is fine. You follow that up with a 24-7 championship match, and you lose to a guy where people are literally chanting, we don't know who you are. Yes. Now, granted, I found that hilarious. Riddick Moss looked like a fucking powerhouse and looked incredible in this match. Still don't so, know who he is. Yeah, exactly. He was, <laughs> he just, exactly. He's, like, he's clearly someone who's a good wrestler, but he has no like ounce of character in him that how much staying power does he actually have? Who knows? Maybe they can find a tag team partner or something for him. But like... I, I always say when we see something like this, like use caution with how much you overreact because maybe they're telling a story here with Ricochet. He's always been the underdog guy. So maybe they got to complete, you got to, this is all the time. You got to break a guy down and bring him back up. But man, this was a tough sell this week to people about like what they're doing to Ricochet. Yeah. And I do agree. And I, my initial reaction after he lost that match was Jesus fuck. Like, what are we, yep. what are we doing here? So now we're just going to bury this guy after because he did from what i'm to understand he got squashed against lesnar at super showdown he didn't really get in any offense the match lasted like two seconds which sucks you know you would hope he would at least be able to get something in there so then you would hope okay well maybe he's going to come back it was interesting to me i i i had a concern 
once I found out that the match was for the 24-7 championship, because at that point, it's a lose-lose for Ricochet. Yeah. If he wins, he's the 24-7 champion, <laughs> which, That's is, what a lot of which isn't good. <laughs> but then at the same time, if he loses, which he did... Well, now he just he lost, lost to the clean, so, and he lost. Clean. It wasn't even dirty. There wasn't yeah. any outside interference. He just lost clean, and that was it. Which is tough. I I kind of wish if that if that was the route that they were going to go, I kind of wish he was a little more bandaged bandaged up when he came out. He had yeah. like some stuff on his leg and whatnot, and I wish they kind of maybe sold, you know, the fact that he really took this you know really bad beating last weekend last week at the hand of Brock Lesnar. Maybe he's not a hundred percent. Maybe you know, and I kind of wish that maybe that was more the route that they went, just to kind of protect him a little bit more, but. Once all was said and done, I did, and I did stop to think about it. I said to my, I said to myself, you know, that's that's got to be the route that they're going, and that's and I, you see it a lot in wrestling. They got to break a guy down yeah. before they can build him back up again. And Ricochet was he was at the top. He was fighting for the Universal Championship, you know, at one of the big shows and everything else. So they got to bring him back down to be able to kind of build him back up again. So I'm not. It's frustrating to watch yeah. now, but I do. I will preach patience to it. people. I agree. I agree. I'm kind of right there with you. Um, the next portion I have, it is heat mainly because and my reasoning for putting this in the heat is they use the same device twice in one night on the same show, very close to each other. And that was, they advertise AJ versus Alistair and they advertise Oscar versus Shayna. AJ versus Alistair, I guess technically eventually happened, but they used the same device twice, which I don't always hate this as much as most people, but I understand it. And I think that's why it is heat is that. They use the device of Asuka's not fighting, so Kyrie Sane fights Shane instead, but also like AJ throwing his two goons to fight first. So it's a similar device. The AJ segment I didn't hate. I thought it was effective. We were actually talking before the show. I would have liked if this was the longer feud, had it spread over like three weeks, because then I think you build it more. But again, Raw's a three-hour show. They want to be able to put on something that is entertaining that also takes up time. This mini gauntlet match kind of did that. Oh, yeah. Um, and I but... thought it made Aleister Black look like a stud. You know, and that yeah, was the yeah, biggest thing. So, so to so to spread that out over the course of multiple weeks, if you're talking about a long term feud, I don't think it services him quite as well versus the fact that he literally went through both members of the OC and then also was still able to stand up to AJ after all the punishment that he took and was able to almost win that match as well. And I think at the end of the day, even though he lost, I think it made Aleister Black just look just look completely. He made him look super strong. I don't disagree with that. And he's going to lose again on Sunday because you know who can't be taking L's when he's about to fight the Undertaker? AJ Styles. So. Well, and that's why I think it's interesting. The fact that they made it a no DQ, I think, spells trouble for Aleister yeah. Black because 100%. I think that means that Gallows and Anderson are coming down and shit's going in and there's nothing you can do about it. Or maybe Taker shows up at Elimination Chamber and costs AJ the match. They could do no that DQ. too. That could, that could be a way to get Aleister win back. That's not bad. Yeah. So. Not bad. Crap. Now I don't know who I'm going to pick when we get to predictions. I know. You Damn just, it. <laughs> you just made it harder for me. But I will say my... That's what she said. The part that I really liked about this segment was AJ's pin on, on uh, Alistair with The Undertaker. Oh, um, yeah. That was, that was flawless. That's, that's what I'm saying. So this is one of the things I wrote down in my notes, too. The whole I thought all the stuff with AJ was, was great. I thought that his match, his promo before the match was fantastic. I loved everything that he did in regards to saying, like, hey, man, you got to read the contracts, and now you got to beat Carl Anderson, which I think is great. I'm never mad when Carl Anderson's wrestling. Um, and then, you know, they throw in Luke Gallows after that, and then they beat him down and all that stuff. I thought everything they did was, with AJ was great. And then, for whatever reason, it just kind of clicked into my head, and I thought to myself, okay, so AJ Styles is going to fight this old-ass Undertaker at WrestleMania. And I thought to myself, dude, AJ Styles, he ain't young as springtime either. But AJ Styles, he's, the difference is And I'm just, not saying, like, he's like... He's the age not, is a number. It's more of, like, Undertaker is old. No, whereas absolutely. Whereas AJ is not. Oh, absolutely. But he's... He's one of the AJ Styles is one of the older guys on the roster. He's, he's in his forties, I think, Absolutely. at least, right? 
And it just blows my mind that he is still so good. He's phenomenal. At, at his age, both in the ring and with his promos and everything that he does, he is still absolutely one of the top guys. And yep. it just it blows my mind that he's able to still pull that off. It's just it's phenomenal. It is phenomenal. <laughs> you know what else is phenomenal? Hopes. And I think we should get there now. now so. Well, so here's the thing. And I had a quick question for you on this one. I'm not trying to draw this out any longer than it needs to be, but... I've noticed we haven't been hitting any buttons and playing any sound effects and doing any music because, and I think you being a 32 extra, you may have missed this, but there's a little bit of a mystery going on on SmackDown. A mystery going on on SmackDown? Yes. Have you been noticing these little glitch things that they're throwing into certain matches? They're teasing something. I've seen stuff like randomly, but I always assumed it was just like Bray Wyatt. No, I I can't place where they were. I can't say I know for sure what it is, but where did you see them this week? Because I obviously was at the show. So, um, yeah. So, oh, that's true. Yeah, you were at the show, so you probably didn't. I did watch some of it when I was kind of more quickly. So I figured if I and I figured people were going to miss it because they were probably thirty two xing. Because I'm pretty sure it happened during the Kofi Rude match. Oh yeah, that match was a complete thirty-two. See, and this is what in happens in person. That was a bathroom break. With you thirty-two Xers, you're going to miss these things. Yeah. So I don't know if you, so. Have you seen these little glitch things that they've put? I've up seen now? them. Yes, and it's like a little circle. So yeah. I'm not going to lie. I, once I saw that, I was kind of like, I did a little pausing, and I thought to myself, could this be maybe the time to do a little detective work? But again, I haven't heard any sound effects, so I don't well, know. Because I don't does have. Nestle the, have the board? Nestle has. That's him. He has iPad. all that. Yeah. Literally, the only reason I said yes was because I wanted to dance to the song. I want to dance too, but I can't. This isn't fair. I know. It's bullshit. Why does Nestle hold the keys to the to the kingdom? He like holds this? the keys to the kingdom, man. <sighs> All right. Well, I'll just blow through it real quick. So I don't <laughs> know if you've seen. So basically, there's like this little glitch thing that happens during a match, and it looks really weird, and it's, and it's really fast. So if you don't catch it, you're not really sure what it is. So, of course, I rewound it, and I paused it, and I noticed. And it's, so it's a little circle of light. And in the circle of light, there's 16 little circular white dots. And I thought to myself, okay, 16. What could that mean? Well, was it like a 16-time champion thing? And Ooh. who could that be? Is like Ric Flair, but isn't John Cena also 16-time? He he's tied, right? So I thought to myself, well, how would this be John Cena if he's already back? Then I also noticed in the background of this thing, it's, it, it almost looks like a, like a, like a computer chip. Or, you know, something like that. And I thought to myself, well, what would the computer chip have to do with John Cena? And then I thought to myself, wait a minute, John Cena's facing Bray Wyatt, the fiend. What does the fiend tend to do? He changes a person. He makes that person sometimes revert back. What was John Cena when he first came out? Back in, what was it, FCW? He was the prototype, (laughs) which was a human-android hybrid. So maybe John Cena's going to be going back to the prototype. These are the things that I think about because... Jesus. I, need, I needed to go down this rabbit hole yeah. because I was excited. Channeling of, your inner WrestleMania. You know, I was really, I wanted to, I wanted to really kind of bring it was today. Was he really called the prototype? Yeah, that was his thing. Oh. You know, yeah. You never seen like any of the documentaries and stuff like I've that? I've seen that about? stuff, yeah, but I just like, it never really resonated. He just recently, I don't know if it was him or somebody I saw, they posted like a really old promo that he was, that he did back, and he does like the whole like robot thing and it's like. It's not great, but it's it's still it's entered. You can at least tell, like, okay, this guy's entertaining. Like, yeah. it sucked, but at the same time, it was also really entertaining. If you can be entertaining as like things. a robot type yeah, yeah, character, yeah. then you're good. Some of those FCW things that they did were just. I mean, like Batista was Leviathan, who was like a oh, fucking yeah. demon or some shit. Like, yeah. they did some weird shit back then. It was yeah. it was the true old school like '90s wrestling, like oh, yeah, full on gimmicks. Um, but that's why I was excited. I said to myself, I'm like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to solve the mystery of this glitch thing. So I paused it and I counted and I'm like, okay, 16. And I started piecing it all together and I just went deep down into a rabbit like hole. It. And I had it all and I was so excited. And then, then you, just, you just you shit on all my hopes and dreams by not having the damn soundboard. I don't know what to tell you, man. 
It's not uh, mine. Why, why? Why is it the one fun thing on the podcast is Nestle is a Nestle thing? That doesn't make sense. That seems doesn't. completely backwards. But yeah, it's 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 his iPad. <sighs> the iPad. Remember, we didn't have it for a long time. Maybe yeah, a new one. I think the last yeah. time I was here, we didn't have it, so that's why yeah. I was excited. Oh yeah. man, I was I was gonna hit all the buttons, but then you had it on your side, so I was like, I guess he's the keeper there's, of the buttons. Nope, there's no buttons on my iPad. Uh, my iPad fail. is just a. Uh, it'll be elimination chamber predictions when we get there. Uh. <laughs> All right. But before well, we get there, I'm we sorry, do, everybody. I tried. Yeah. Crushed your hopes and dreams. Now we have to do hopes. So, sir, what is your hope for this week? So my hope for this week, actually, it's pretty simple. It's basically just that uh, this whole feud between John Cena and, and The Fiend, um, I'm just hoping that John Cena is actually there through most, if not all of it. I haven't seen – he hasn't – I don't think he's been advertised for SmackDown this week. I know they've said that Bray Wyatt, I think, is going to do something – so I think they I'm said just Firefly Funhouse returns on Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm just I'm just hoping that this isn't one of those like between now and Mania we only see Cena like once or twice. Like I want if he's if he's gonna be here and he's gonna be part of this and he's gonna have this kind of big feud, I want him to be there. I want him to you know be out there cutting promos or getting attacked or doing whatever. I don't know, maybe even have a match or something. I have no idea. You know what I mean? Just I'd be okay with s- him not wrestling, but I yeah, do. just something. Yeah. You know, like I don't I just, think he'll be here this week though. I don't think he's advertised. No, that's so what I'm I mean. Yeah. this would be a strictly Bray Wyatt Funhouse, but at some point, I want the interaction between Cena and the Fiend. I want the interaction between Cena and Bray in the Funhouse. Exactly. Like I, I want all these interactions. Yeah, I just, I want something. I don't want this to be like, well, Cena was there this week and he tipped his cap and then he shows up at WrestleMania and then the rest of it, Bray has to carry on his own because I just, I, which he'd be I don't capable think that's of doing. Be. But he like, can, but I he want the interaction. He shouldn't have yeah. to, you know. And I think we had this. I, it was the same thing that happened with Bray. I think leading up to his match with the Undertaker all those years ago at WrestleMania, Bray had to carry the whole thing. Taker never showed up. I think until like maybe the last week. Yeah, so and right. it was good. Like because Bray is that good that he can do that. But I think it just does a disservice to him. And I think that, that I think that's why you need him. You need him there. Yeah, and Cena on the mic is just he's world class so oh absolutely want yeah. that back and one forth. of the greats what do you got for hope what are you going my for? hope is uh it's still on smackdown but it's the other big feud on smackdown the goldberg it's roman Reigns. roman goldberg oh wow i was actually kidding i didn't think how do that. we make roman goldberg not suck <laughs> how do we make this happen well you know what there is an answer and the answer is staring people in the face what and goldberg drops the title next week no. and, we go Ro- and we go with roman nope. versus nope. anybody else nope Ro- roman goldberg, Corbin, no, goldberg's defending that match defending Ooh. that title but Ooh. you know what there's someone else who deserves an opportunity. The King, Baron Corbin, finds a way to insert himself in this feud, and we get a triple threat at WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. Because people, it would be Goldberg, Roman Reigns, and Baron Corbin. <laughs> oh, my God, the hatred and the heat for this match would be off the charts. But you know what you could do? You could have Baron Corbin fucking win the thing. Whew. Because you know what that sets up? Oh, it moved. It sets, wow. yeah. More Reigns Corbin, which everyone wants. But you know what else? The next Saudi event, you know what match you could have? Goldberg Baron Corbin. <laughs> so you know what? If this is going to suck, why not make it suck awesomely? So, you know well, what? Well, see, the problem with that, though, is, is once, you in, once you insert Baron Corbin into the thing, it doesn't suck anymore. Exactly. So That's what I mean. Yeah, you've completely it's fixed the your problem. Oh, my God. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Totally on board. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm in. Why not? More Baron Corbin. Yeah. Because what else, if not, what's he going to do? That's kind of what I'm wondering. Because he seems to be like the forgotten man. Like him yeah. and Elias seem to be the forgotten men. That you know. I no, I agree. I don't see him I, in a battle royal. I'm a little worried. Yeah, now that the Corbin Roman stuff is over, which and again, yeah, it was getting a little bit old. It was you know obviously they were wrestling every single week from now till the end of time. But yeah, now that it's over and obviously Roman's moved on to Goldberg and the the Universal Championship, it's like man, mm-hmm. what's, what's my man Corbin going to do? 
Is he going to go win the Andre the Giant Battle Royal for the second time? No. I hope not. No. He should. He he deserves a a, a marquee matchup at WrestleMania. He's been one of the top guys this entire... And I don't care... People can shit on him all they want. The fact of the matter is, he has been one of the top guys. And whoever he's working with will be super over as a baby show. Oh, absolutely. So. And there's a reason why they put him with a guy like Roman. There's probably a reason why a guy like Roman would want to work with him. Well, yeah. I mean, Seth said it a million times. He said, I loved working with Barry Yeah. Gordon. It was awesome. Because First you of all, know. he's a phenomenal talent. Yeah. Second of all, like he just fucking gets it. People are going to watch that match because they fucking hate him so exactly. much. They want to see him get beat. Yep. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, I love it. It's an elevator. But uh, don't call it a comeback. They've been there for years. I'm going to actually start with, it's boss time. Sasha Banks returned in Boston. Figured it was happening. It was exciting. Um, You know, Bayomi, Bayomi, Bailey, (laughs) Naomi rerun turned into a holla, 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 play a tag team match. So the segment wasn't great, but Sasha's back, which is good. She has unfinished business with Lacey. There's nothing currently booked for the SmackDown woman at uh, Elimination Chamber. I'm sure we'll get an answer Friday, whether it's their own chamber match or if Bailey defends the title again. But I think we're either going to be getting Bailey versus Naomi and Lacey versus Sasha, or maybe we have a fatal four-way for the woman's title at WrestleMania. I think it's at least interesting, and there's some semblance of a d- division now on SmackDown. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I also gave my comeback to a woman, but I gave mine to Ruby Riot, who I, we had just discussed before the podcast. I believe this is her first actual match since her return mm-hmm. to, to Monday Night Raw. I have always been a Ruby Riot guy. I loved Ruby when she was in NXT. I liked her when she came up to Monday Night Raw. I thought the Riot Squad was a great faction that I really wish they would have done more with as far as I thought at one point they should have given them the Raw the uh, Women's Tag Team Championship and then also given Ruby, I thought, a shot at the women's title. Obviously, she ended up getting her, so that didn't work out. But yeah, I was really happy to see Ruby back. Um, I'm never mad about seeing Liv Morgan in there. And I think I've said this a few times on the podcast, but I am a closet Sarah Logan guy. Actually, I, I, I'm, I'm a fan. I like, I like Sarah Logan. <clears throat> He's not even making eye contact so with me. So I guess me. I should leave now. He's not even making eye contact with me. Um, yeah, she was especially guess for free in this match. Yeah, I know. She didn't I fuck I feel up. bad for this because, like, Ruby Liv, like, I was, I'm excited they were doing something with this, but, like, the crowd had no interest in the segment. It kind of sucked. It picked up at the end, actually, when Sarah inserted herself. Yeah. But I think part of it is just, like, this has just happened so quickly, and now they're just being thrown in the chamber. It's just... I think this storyline has been done a huge disservice, and yeah. I think the crowd's reflecting that, because especially when you look at Raw, we're talking about all these great storylines that are happening, Yep, that this was just in a tough spot, and it's exciting that all three of these women are getting the opportunity in the chamber, because like you said, they were a group that probably shouldn't have lasted as long as they did, and they probably should have got more, but it was just they were literally thrown together just to thrown together, and it, they ran with it. Yeah. And WWE didn't know what to do with it. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, and I agree. And I think that it does. I think it actually gives a good opportunity to tell some good stories inside the chamber because you'll have the three of them that are going to be going at it. And you, it'll be interesting to see, obviously, who's going to eliminate who and how that whole thing is going to work out versus all the other women. Um, and getting back to just the whole idea of, of storytelling, w- one of the biggest notes that I wrote on Monday Night Raw was if you go back and you look at it, every single part of Raw, whether it was a segment or a match, was was telling a story or pushed a narrative of some form or another. There was no filler, for lack of a better word. There may have been stuff that was less than, than, than others, but other than that, everything that was on Raw was, had told a story. Right from the beginning with Drew and Brock, the Street Profits winning the titles after that, um, even the 24-7 stuff with, with Ricochet and everything else. It's telling the, it's, that's telling the story of, of Ricochet's ascent, you know, we hope. <laughs> fall from grace, for lack of a better word. Uh, somehow Mark Wahlberg showed up, which I thought was kind of weird. Um, the AJ Styles stuff pushed the narrative of The Undertaker, all the Riot, the riot Squad stuff. Um, 
even everything with uh, with Becky and Shayna and all that. Every single part of Raw told a story. Every single part of Raw pushed forward some type of a narrative of something that was happening either the week before or was going to be happening in the future. And that was something that I feel like had been lacking for a long time, especially on Monday Night Raw. So to be able to kind of see that come back, I think is great. And yeah, for there were the no people... six-man tags. There's no six-man tags. Look what happens when you get rid of six-man tags. You get rid of six-man tags, you have a good show. Exactly. Every single Raw that we've talked about being good, no six-man tags. That's weird. Take note, Polly. <laughs> but you know what, Ray Ray? It's time we head into the big finish because we still got a lot more to cover and we're getting close to the hour mark. Oh, so boy. We got to have a revolution. We're going to jump inside the chamber, but first, you should go to jobberknocker.com to check out our website. We can find all the links to the podcast, which are iTunes, Anchor, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, archived on YouTube. Um, so make sure you give us five star, five flames. We appreciate it. But also, we provide you a ton of weekly content on the website, NXT, NXT UK, AEW, NWA Power. The entire staff will have their chamber predictions available on jobberknocker.com. And also be on the lookout for all any sort of specials. We pop up on there all the time. Twitter, at jobberknocker, at Nestlemania. He's not here. I'll be nice. At JC of the JK. You're at Ray Ray of the JK. That's me. At DQ of the JK, at BillyD2411, at Joe Pollock 47 at TJ of the JK, at The Real Deal B. Cox. Facebook, jobberknocker. Instagram, jobberknocker. Where are we, Ray Ray? I think we're everywhere you want to be. On right? social media. On social media. Absolutely. So with that, would you like to start with the chamber or would you like to have a revolution? Uh, let's bust the revolution real quick because, again, I, only, I didn't really get to watch all of it. So yeah. and we'll finish up. Um, a lot of people's favorite match was the tag team match. Um, Thou Who Shall Not Be Named said it was the greatest tag team match of all time. Give me a break. Definitely not true. But, again, like I said in our, good, our thread, really? like um, if – a tag team named a bunch of their like moves after me. I'd say they were the greatest ever too. But I yeah. will say this match was fun. It was a spot fest, um, which is why that always kind of devalues it for me now is that I feel like it's so easier for – because we know everyone's a good wrestler. They go out there and they just have these spot fests as, a, uh, as opposed to telling a story. This match does have a story with Hainman, which I will say Hainman right now is one of my favorite characters in AEW, which is a far cry from originally when I didn't know why I even had a job because I thought he sucked. <laughs> So kudos to him. This whole gimmick of him has been great, but I just think it was too much spot fest for me. Like Kenny Omega is literally invincible. It's he's funny. Like, he's like the fiend. Yeah, I fired out. <laughs> I fired out that tweet yesterday, and I didn't think I was again. Like I got like I got like a hundred followers maybe, and most of them are probably bots. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I usually when I fire out tweets, I expect you know like the jobber knocker guys maybe will give me a like and a comment. But other than that, so I fired out that tweet. Uh, I think it was either yesterday or this morning because I don't know what day it is anymore. Um, about Kenny Omega. And I was like, for years I had to listen to people bitch and complain about super Cena taking all this damage and taking everybody's finishers and still kicking out and then finding a way to win at the end of the match. And I'm like, but then fucking Kenny Omega does it. And all of a sudden everybody thinks it's the best thing in the world. And he's like, fucking great. And it was funny because I got both sides. I got, I actually got responses from both types of fans where some people were just like, thank you. Like, I think somebody responded and I I wish I could remember your name because I give you a shout out. I think somebody responded. I wish I could marry this tweet. (laughs) And then somebody else responded like, yeah, exactly. So deal with it. You know what I mean? So it's funny. Like you get both sides of that Mm -hmm. coin. So there are people that I think are kind of like on board with me where it's like, you know what? AEW is doing a lot of the same shit WWE does that y'all complain about. A ton of the same shit. And for some reason you guys think of it as the best thing in the world. And I'm not even shitting on AEW. They got a great product. They do. It's it's honestly, I thought this show was fantastic. My favorite match was Cody MJF. I thought this as is well documented on this program. I'm a big fan of storytelling and Cody. There's a reason why he's as good as he is, but kind of has to do with the guy we talked about earlier. Randy Orton was one of his mentors and obviously being Dusty's son and growing up in the business, like Cody understands how to tell a story 
and MJF is just the perfect fucking foil for him. And this story has been so well done. And this match, the beauty of it, the, when I really see a match and I really love it, is when there's a callback to everything that happened. He used the diamond ring to get the win. Like, there was the lashes, like the ref allowing Cody to actually lash MJF. Like, just everything you could imagine, like, happened in this match. There was even the stuff of Brandy trying to go after what's-his-name, his big heavy there. I can't even think of his name. But oh, it just... Jack Hager? Yes. Is he on there? No, uh, he's Jericho's guy. Oh, that's Jericho. Um, the, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. The guy Cody beat in the steel cage. I'm sorry, I, got, I don't watch a ton of AEW. I watch AEW, like... I watch maybe... I watch, like, AEW Dynamite. Maybe like once a month. Warlow. Warlow, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then also had the spot where Cody accidentally hit Arn Anderson, so that could be teasing something. I just uh. like, from start to finish, I thought this match was brilliant. It was well thought out. And Cody's one of the best going right now, I think, in all of wrestling. And MJF obviously is an up and coming star. He's one of the best heels. He got the win as he should. These two probably aren't done, but I thought this was just bravo. This was perfect for me. No, I, I I agree. I honestly I didn't get a chance to see that match. I, we had talked beforehand. I was only able to watch like maybe the first half of Revolution just because the YouTube clip that I found stopped at that point, and I'm just too lazy to find it anywhere else, and I'm too poor to pay for it. So, um, <laughs> but I will say I did specifically because for whatever reason it was a match that I was just kind of drawn to because I was just more curious than anything else. So I made it a point to look up the uh, Orange Cassidy oh. versus Pac match, and when you talk about MJF being one of the best heels in the business, Pac, that guy is killing it right yeah, now. Yeah, he's, he's his a work, His work in that match was just, was absolutely, was just top notch. Um, and Orange Cassidy, guy takes a hell of a beating and keeps on ticking. Which you know I who the most great. over person in AEW is? Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy. And this is the guy, he literally, he does nothing. He doesn't do he's anything. He's over for doing nothing. And like, they had this stuff at the beginning. They're going back and forth, the weak kicks. Yep. Eventually Pac turns it. But then like, what I've been looking for with this guy is because, like, I've kind of been, like, in and out on him, kind of, where it's, like, I'm impressed when he does the suicide dives. His hands in his pockets. pockets? Yeah. That's insane. But That's then, like, all, with the kip up when his yeah. hands in his pockets? Yeah. Jesus. The other, some of the other stuff, it's a little hokey, but when he turned it on. Oh, my God. He is a fucking really good wrestler. He's fantastic. And it's just one of those things you never see. But I, yeah. this is the one thing I will say that AEW is doing way better than WWE. They are finding these attractions. And they're finding ways to draw it out so when they do do something, it means something. Like, Wardlow didn't fight until he fought Cody. Jake Hager made his debut at this pay-per-view. Didn't fight until then. He didn't get to see until then. Orange Cassidy hasn't been... He was in tag matches, but, like, he yeah. hadn't been Orange Cassidy in a singles match until this. So it's like, when you're talking about big events, you want there to be, like, big things like this that happen. NXT does a decent job of it yep. a lot of the times. But even them, they kind of get away from it. But, like, AEW has found a way to still have a good weekly product but save stuff for the big shows to really make it worth it. I think part of it is also that they're not just on a network subscription. You actually right. have to physically buy it on pay-per-view. But I thought this match, this match blew me away. Yeah, I was, was blown great. away with how good it was. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, I loved it too. That's why, that's why like I said, for whatever reason, and again, I, have, I don't watch AEW on a regular basis. I've seen some of Orange Cassidy's stuff before, so I had an idea what his shtick was, which is why I think I was kind of curious. I wanted to see, okay, how does this shtick work in the confines of an actual match? And to be honest, how and or why... Does a guy like Pac stand there and just put up with it yeah. and not just fucking level him out? And to kind of watch the whole thing come together, I thought they both did a great job. Again, and even for Pac to be like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? And then finally, you know, obviously he just he loses it and fucking clotheslines him and then all hell breaks loose, which, like I said, it was great. So, yeah, I haven't got a chance to watch the rest of it. I haven't watched Cody MJF. I haven't watched uh, uh, Moxley Jericho. I'd like to check it out if I can. If I, can, I definitely if I can would recommend it because even Moxley Jericho, like we knew this wasn't going to be a Matt Classic. Yeah. Um, but they found a way. Again, this was another story that has been incredible in AEW. Yep. Is 
there was a lot of Gaga. You know, here on the Jabberknocker, we love the Gaga, whereas he <laughs> came out with uh, Proud and Powerful there, Santonio Ortiz, they were involved. Uh, Jake Hager had a run-in. Sammy Guevara had a run-in. Like, all these people had run-ins, and like at the end, the finish ended how it should be. Moxley ripping off the eye patch, hitting the paradigm shift, one, two, three. Like, the moment of him winning was awesome. Yeah. It was goosebumps. It was like that the goosebump feeling with like the crowd pop, like just like this is the people's cha- John Moxley is the people's champion. Even as Dean Ambrose, he kind of was, but now now that he's John Moxley, he's completely out of his cage. Like he's just you just like him. Yeah, he's cool. I love the uh, the post match promo when they started playing his music yeah. and he dropped yeah. the what the fuck. He said what the fuck. I wasn't done yet, <laughs> but it was just it was funny because he literally said in his promo, he's like, I'm just saying, I don't even know what I'm going to say. I just I'm just saying. You could tell like with the emotion, like. How much this meant to him, it's just like, yes, he reached the pinnacle at WWE, but even when he was at the pinnacle, he wasn't the top guy. Yeah. Here in AEW now, like, he is now the main attraction. Like, him and Jericho, like, the other stuff is great, but, like, that's the really the world title match. Moxley and Jericho, like, they finally got their due. Like, Jericho looked fine in this match. His didn't, the stuff that normally bothers me with his matches didn't because this match just had so much story in it, and they found so many different ways to be creative with it, with the violence and... I just think, I mean, this pay-per-view I thought was fantastic. They put on a good show. I'll have to check it out. Uh, but now we have to get to the WWE show, which um, we literally just had Super Show on last I week. Know. Now we have a pay-per-view on Sunday. I literally didn't well, like know this was on Sunday. between the two of them, roughly, something yeah, like that? I didn't know that. I thought this was a week from Sunday yeah. until I watched Raw. And they said this Sunday. I was like, wait, what? It's bananas. Yeah, so there's six matches booked as of now. SmackDown okay. may add more. But um, first up, we have a rerun of that we've seen a thousand times. U.S. title match between Andrade and Shime. Shime, yeah! <laughs> Humberto Carrillo. Who you got, Ray Ray? Andrade. Yeah, I'm going to have to stick with Andrade on this one. I don't see any reason why they would want to take the belt off of him. And Humberto's good, but I don't know if he's ready for a title run yet. The way I look at this, I don't think he is either. But they've literally had this match so many times and had Humberto lose that... I think Alberto's going to win this one. So I'm going to go on the limb and I'm going to take Shime, Shime, yeah, with the upset victory because I'm looking at this card and there's got to be one surprise and I think this might be it. Uh, next up, we have a no DQ match between Aleister Black and AJ Styles. This is a potential show stealer. Um, but like you said, being a no DQ match, I would expect AJ Styles to win. So um, did I until I said the Undertaker thing. Yeah, now um, I'm really thinking about it. Like, I don't think he's going to show up. I, he he doesn't even have to show up though. Like in the middle of the just match, the they can just, they can hit the gong yeah. or they can do the lights or something like that. I'm or, sticking with AJ. Uh, do it. Take Alistair Black. Uh, Guy hadn't lost a singles match yet. Could he lose two in a row? Yeah, I'm going to say no. I'll, t- I'm, I'm gonna, I'll take I'll take Alistair. I'll I like Alistair. it. I like it. Next up, we have another rerun tag team match for the Raw Tag Team Championship. Street Profits defends against Rollins and Buddy Murphy. I'm going to take the Street Profits. I will take the Street Profits as well because I also want the smoke. Yes. We all, we all smoke, baby. We all do. Uh, next up, we have a three-on-one handicap match for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. I expect this match to be fun. It'll probably be brief, but this is the Braun Strowman showcase, baby. And I think we're going to get that and Braun's going to retain. Yeah, Braun's got to retain this. There's no way they're going to – I, I, I don't want to say no way, but they can't take the belt off of him already, right? That wouldn't make sense. And split it three ways? Maybe. Unless – I mean, does the guy that gets the pin get the title then? Or, yeah, do they split it three I ways? I would assume it's just Nakamura because he was the one fighting for it, and these two guys are just helping him. True. But uh, it's not going to happen. Braun's winning. No. Uh, so now we have the two Elimination Chamber matches left. We will start with the Elimination Chamber match for the Raw Women's Championship match because – the winner gets to face Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. We all know it's going to be Shayna Baszler. Yep. But, uh, you know, obviously, Asuka, Natalia, Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, and Sarah Logan are in this match as well. 
who do you think is going to have a showcase? Because, yes, Baszler, Baszler might eliminate all of them. Yeah. But if there was someone else who stood out, who do you think is going to be the one? If I'm being honest, I would say it's going to probably be – I feel like it would have to be between Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan, to be completely honest. They're the two that need it the most? They're the two that need it the most. I feel like they're the two that could get built up the most. I would lean more toward Liv Morgan just because they did a lot to – obviously bring her back. They had all those vignettes yeah. and everything else that all kind of went nowhere. It didn't really make a lot of sense. And then she just like came out and said she was in love with Lana and now it's not a thing anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand what's happening in life. Nobody does. But uh, yeah, so like I would think it would have to be Liv Morgan, but yeah, I would say it's got to be between those two. And again, like I said, I'm a big Sarah Logan guy. So I mean, I'm hoping she has a good showing. Yeah, you're weird, but we both got base. So that's all that matters. Next up, a Elimination Chamber match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Miz and Morrison defending against the oh, New oh. Day, the Usos, Heavy Machinery, Lucha House Party, Boo. Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Nope. To me, there's only really two teams that can win, and that's the Usos or Miz and Morrison. I don't think the Usos are going to win until WrestleMania. I think Miz and Morrison will find a way to retain. I don't know how, but I think this match is going to be super hot fire. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think Miz and Morrison are going to retain. I mean, just like we said before, you put you know, you know, put guys like the Miz and Morrison in there. I mean, yeah, Miz and Morrison's a high flyer, so he's going to parkour all over the cage. But even the Miz, the Miz is a smart guy. Mm-hmm. So he's going to know, and he's going to be able to find ways to, to, to make his presence known inside the Elimination Chamber. But we've seen what the Usos and the New Day can do inside of cages? Hell in a Cell. yeah. So whatever they're going to do is going to be completely insane. Lucha House Party going to be jumping off of everything in mm-hmm. sight. And so, Otis and Tucker, you, you get the nice mix. They'll the be things fun. That, that gets underrated with a lot of these matches, especially like these matches and ladder matches, is that the big guys mixed with these sprinty guys yes. makes for some really good television. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think so, too. Who do you think? Uh, who do you see being the first team to be eliminated, then? This is always a tough one because you don't know who's going to start. But I would say... Um, the obvious choice would be Lucha House Party, but they usually never do that. Yeah. I could think they might pull a surprise and a team like the New Day gets eliminated first. I could see that. Something like that, like a shock. Yeah. You know? So um, what do you think it comes down to at the end then? It's, it's got to be Miz Usos and Morrison. Because Morrison, Morrison, I think that's the feud. Maybe yeah. they do multi-man at Mania, but like, that's like the, that seems to be the feud they're going towards. Um, but. I mean, but it just, uh, kind of to what you were saying before though, too, I could see them keeping Miz and Morrison maybe against like heavy machinery as the last. Yeah. You know I, what just, I mean? Like I think I could heavy see... machinery is another candidate to be out early because something's going to happen. Cause obviously Ziggler and Ruder in this match too. Mandy's going to be at ringside or something. It's going to distract Otis and Ziggler and Ruder are going to eliminate them real quick. And then they'll probably be out soon after. Yeah. Cause that's what I think a lot of these times in elimination chamber matches, you can pick out the feuds and be like, all right, these two teams are getting rid of each other somehow. Right. So, I honestly, if, if heavy machinery starts the match, they might be the first ones out. Yeah. No, I agree. Like I said, it could be interesting to see. That's always the stuff that kind of intrigues me in regards to when you get into those elimination stuff. That's why yeah. I feel like the Royal Rumble is always such a good time. Because you have an opportunity to create so many stories or push stories forward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then just trying to figure out, you know, build that concept of like, okay, so who's going to be eliminated first? Who's going to be who's going to be left with the team that eventually wins and things like that? And I think that's one of the things that you could see even in the women's match too in regards to, okay, and like you had said, who's going to have one of the best showings? So in other words, yeah, okay, Shayna Baszler is probably going to win but who's going to be the last one in there with her i think is you know could be the other could be the other intriguing question absolutely and ray ray i want to thank you for coming on the program this week do you have any final thoughts for the people i don't have final thoughts but i do have a little surprise for you oh no i brought a present a present yes it is not a giant weird uh, spider that crawls around and oh, doesn't thank god i'm not like i'm not a, a big fan of spiders either. so as a baron corbin guy All i right. happen to i happened upon something and i thought to myself okay well maybe this i thought hey this is cool something for me then i thought to myself you know what i think jc would probably appreciate this Ooh. even more so i would like to present to you from super showdown oh the padlock oh. <laughs> from roman reigns baron corbin steel cage match wow 
How did you end up with that? Uh, I just I found it laying around somewhere. Oh, they got three keys for this thing? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's pretty impressive. Huh? I don't impressive. know where they got all those keys, but yeah. Wow. That is funny. Ace Hardware. Sponsored yep. sponsor the show. <laughs> that is awesome. Wow. The king. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I figured, you know what? I, you know, I might as well come bearing gifts and, you know, maybe, uh, <laughs> Look little, at that. maybe, maybe grease the wheels a little bit and get, uh, you know, maybe I can come on here more than once a year ever, you know? Hey, that's true. So you know, you, you got to. I mean, Nestle's probably enough for a little more while, so I'm going to keep needing help, so maybe you'll get the call again. Thank goodness, yeah. Who knows? I take some vacations in the summer, so maybe you'll get to do a well, show Well, I again. know. He was hoping – Nestle wanted a piece of me uh, a few months ago, I think, when you were on vacation. He was hoping to get me in here because he wanted to go toe-to-toe, but yeah. we couldn't – we weren't able to make it work because I think because of my schedule or whatever. He so. wants to try to destroy your positivity. Yeah, well – Which I will say this time, like, you had some negative things to say, which is impressive. If there was a time to do it, this was it. Because the minute Goldberg won yep. that Universal Championship, my spirits were crushed. If hey. Raw if Raw and SmackDown weren't as good as they... Honestly, SmackDown being in Boston, I think, helped me think that SmackDown was probably a little bit better than it may have been. But Raw, like I said, I thought from, from beginning to end was a great show overall, um, which I think kind of brought me back. I was like, okay, maybe everything doesn't suck as much as I thought that it would. And again, Drew and Brock, I think, is fucking great. And Randy Orton is just a goddamn mm-hmm. master. So, Well, this, this appearance made a lot of sense for you because I'm like, well, he's coming off a of Super Showdown, so he knows that. And then when the Goldberg thing happened, I'm like, well, now, now I have to get it. Because I'd already reached out to you about it, but now I'm like, I'm like you know, oh. as, a, as a content producer, like, I'm trying to produce content oh. here, baby, and you're giving was, it to me. I was a broken man on Friday uh, morning. I was just, I'm, I was over there coiling cable, just so angry at Oh, life. that reminds me, before we sign off, because uh, Matt Hardy announced that he's now a free agent. Uh, oh, speaking yeah. of broken, so it appears he and WWE are officially parting ways. Um, the big rumor is that he will be the exalted one of the Dark Order in AEW. I um, thought I saw somewhere that they said the Dark Order had disbanded or they decided no, to just, like, stop doing No, they're still going, that. but they're, they're, they've been teasing this because they won on the pre-show of their revolution. They beat a uh, SCU, I believe. Um, but they've been teasing this exalted one yeah. who's like their leader. And Matt Hardy would make a lot of sense for that. He's even like the way some of his teases are. Um, they've kind of had stuff there, so it appears that could be it. But uh, Matt Hardy, maybe, he said he'd wanted to finish in WWE, but they had creative differences, which I think is fine. Yep. And you saw their statement with him that's very amicable. They yep. obviously have a lot of respect for him. but He still could finish his career with WWE. Think, he could. You know? I'm very excited to see what he does next, though. And I think AEW probably makes the most sense, but you never know. I think so too. And if that's the road that they that the road that they go with him, then yeah, best of luck to him, I guess. I don't know. I the only reason I would hate to the only reason I wouldn't want to see something like that is just because it's it's almost like too predictable. Yeah. It's almost, you know I just think it's one of those predictable things that people don't care. You I know suppose, what I mean? Yeah. It well plus it's AEW, so people yeah. are gonna love it either way because everything AEW does is fucking perfect. <laughs> you know? I mean Jesus Christ, WWE did that. No, this is stupid shit. You know, oh, I, I love it. I love. I don't disagree with a lot of that stuff, but Fucking I just AEW. I enjoy. Need to calm down. It's good, but it's not that. It's uh, just relax. Okay, just take a breath. Hey, Jesus, that's the beauty of me, man. I call it like I see it. I like some of their shit. I hate some of their shit. I like some of WWE shit. I hate some of their shit. Well, you're a real. That's that's what I tell people to try to look at it that way. But I understand that everyone has their fandoms. Like we know the defenders are the best team in the XFL, despite being shut out two weeks in a row. 20, but, 25 at ten, two weeks in a row. That's right. They've been shut out. Yeah. I was wondering when this was going to devolve into an XFL podcast yeah. because I'm just, no, I'm, I'm sitting on a four no Houston Rednecks team right here. Rednecks. Houston. <laughs> there it is. Houston Roughnecks. I have almost typed that so many times when I've said Roughnecks. Thank God for autocomplete on uh, Twitter. But yeah, dude, the Roughnecks are fucking four no undefeated. Yeah. You guys are peeking too early. Oh, my God. DC's sitting there. PJ Walker is on. He is stoppable. PJ Walker's made me a lot of money. And their their defense, five turnovers last game? That's insane. When do they play DC? 
I think we lo- we talked about this. It's like week six or seven, I think. All right. Which, two weeks ago, I was a little bit worried, but now I'm kidding me. It's going to be a steamboat. I love it. Cardale has you right where he wants you. But on that where, note. on his back throwing picks or some shit? <sighs> on that note, we do got to wrap this up because, uh, Jesus, we, uh, this is a long right. one. But, uh, Ray Ray, once again, thanks Stop for coming this, on the Press show. record on the XFL podcast. We'll yeah. start recording that <laughs> we'll immediately re- afterwards. We'll release it after, yeah. Yes, exactly. But, everyone, have a great week. We will see you next week with plenty more. Later. Later.